to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, Affirming Truth friends. Welcome to this bonus episode. I am so excited about the conversation I'm going to have today. Today, we are talking with Kristen Hallinan, the author of Legacy Changer. And if you know me, you know I love talking about breaking generational trauma and really building up our kids to be the kingdom warriors God has created them to be. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Yes. Before we dive in, why don't you give us a little 411 about you? Who is Kristen? Okay. Kristen has been married for almost uh, 18 years and we got married right almost as we were about to graduate college. We hadn't even graduated college yet and had started having babies right away. So we have four kiddos that are six to 16 and I have been working for the last five or six years to heal the messy chaotic childhood I had and really grow into the mom and wife that I always wanted to be, but found myself not being as I was reacting out of all these old hurts and, um, unhealthy habits. And so I am on mission now to help women have the same tools that I have found to be really helpful in my healing journey so that their stories can look different and their stories can end differently than they started. And they can hand something to their children down. That's more beautiful that they're proud of. Um, and so that peace and faith and truth starts permeating all these family lines. I love that. I love that. I think sometimes when we think about leaving a legacy, there's this idea of financial inheritance, Mm -hmm. but what is so much more important is the spiritual, emotional, mental foundation we give our kids to go out into the world and be world changers. And um, I have a story similar to yours of growing up in chaos and recognizing that I was passing it down and I have a very um, defined moment where I woke up. Did you have a defined moment yourself when you're like, Hey, I am passing this down and I need to draw a line in the sand and say no more. Yeah. For me, it came in a couple different stages. The first one was between our second and third kiddos. We lost a baby and Mm -hmm. I was just devastated and not coping well. And so I found myself in therapy for the first time ever, like anything to do with therapy or healing or mental health was just super shamed in my house growing up. And so I had resisted it for a long time thinking, you know, that's for weak people. That's for fools. Just going to get tricked into spending all their money. And, but I was like, least I'm going to be a fool that is going to function. Maybe I'm I'm going to therapy. And so found myself in the counselor's office and then ended up healing faster than I anticipated 
grieving that baby, but realized I was there for a lot more because I had a lot of other grieving to do that I hadn't really realized. So that was really like the first catalyst for me. And then uh, let's see about eight years after that, maybe nine, I, um, we had my mom living with us because she needed a place to stay and her being in such close proximity was really just magnifying the lack of relational health that was already there. But I found myself, um, very codependently, tiptoeing around her, trying to make it so that she wouldn't be upset. Um, it was really starting to affect my marriage and my ability to be a mom. And she was also engaging in a lot of really unhealthy behaviors that I, for example, I was finding her on the floor, passed out every morning pills everywhere. And if my 18 month old had came in the room and found that instead of me, it could have been devastating. Mm -hmm. So I locked up her pills in a safe and that of course did not go well. And we were just not able to come to any common ground that was going to be a safe and healthy environment for my kiddos. And so I had to ask her to leave our home, even though she had nowhere to go. And it was devastatingly hard. It, but I woke up the next morning, you know, when you wake up was just like a crying hangover and you just feel horrible from all the chaos that took place the night before I expected to wake up feeling like that. But instead I woke up feeling just free and lighthearted mm. and just a peace that could have only come from God. And I just knew that that was the right decision. So that was really the precipice of beginning my true trauma healing journey. So mm -hmm. when I started going to trauma therapy for the first time and doing a bunch of EMDR and really rewiring my brain to be able to have a different amount of tolerance for just day-to-day -day stress in my own life. Cause I was so easily tipped over the edge before, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't fair to my kids and to my yeah. husband and it felt awful to be yeah. inside of myself that way. And so, um, that it's not been a quick journey. And I always say it's a journey because no one's ever like fully healed until the other side of heaven, yeah. um, we're never arrived. And so it's going to be a journey always, but, um, there has been major transformation. I love that. Yeah. I always say healing from trauma. doesn't mean you're, you stop living with trauma, just like a physical trauma. There's scar tissue left behind. There's maybe a yeah. limb for something. So it's learning about how to live with the memory of that and to function and be, be whole. Yeah, um, that's good. EMDR, mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, is a type of trauma therapy that use rapid eye movement. I've done the same, but ART, but very similar. Gold standard in trauma therapy. Um, how has healing from trauma changed the way you show up as a mom? Because I know oftentimes as a product of childhood trauma myself, there are our childhood traumas that get triggered in motherhood that we may oh, not gosh, have, yes. may not have noticed in the in-between, but then being the role of the mother and having kids is very triggering. So how did you 
manage through that? And how do you continue to manage through that? Such a good question. Being a mom is so triggering. They are loud and they're selfish and they're (laughs) all the things that like can trigger when you had, um, a parent that was more of an emotional child and you're used to dealing with that. And now you're dealing with actual children who it's age appropriate for them to behave this way. It's still so triggering. You're right. Um, the biggest, uh, way that I've been transformed as a mom healing from trauma is my ability to play and celebrate. I was operating at such a high baseline before that any amount of stress easily pushed me over the edge. And I didn't ever really feel the freedom to just be goofy and play. And the way God created me was pretty goofy, but as a child in a house that was full of chaos and never knew what the emotional temperature of the house was going to be that day. Um, and there was a lot of, uh, emotional coldness, like goofy side didn't really have the freedom to come out. And so now that I've done a lot of healing, I am able to play and be lighthearted and to celebrate the kids when they just want to play and be goofy and be lighthearted and not return it with a scold. Like I used to receive mm-hmm. So that to me in our day to day has really changed the temperature of our home, just our ability to like be ourselves and embrace it and love it. And we have a lot of quirks in our family. We have one kiddo with autism and another with ADHD and hearing loss. And our family just has a lot of different dynamics. And so the ability to, for everyone to just be themselves and that that's okay. And we appreciate that about each other has been huge. That's amazing. Yeah. So unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have been a product of childhood trauma, um, but not everyone goes on to share their story so publicly. What inspired you to take that pain, take that healing, take that journey and create Legacy Changer? Um, that question reminds me of a post that you made recently. You said something to the effect of unpopular opinion, um, that it's your responsibility to heal something to the effect of that. And, um, and I just came to the realization that no one was going to do this for me. And I couldn't bear the thought of my kids ending up in the same spot as me because I just passed all the trauma on down to them. Um, I so badly wish that someone would have stood up for me and protected me from a lot of the ugliness and spoken words of life over me. I think even a little bit of that could have gone a really long way. And so I just feel fully convinced that my most important mission field is right here in front of me in my home, because if I can raise four kids that have four very different stories in mine. And then they can heal even more from there. Like that is going to change, not just the family line, but their communities. And then on from there, like it is makes a profound impact when families heal and they're watching a marriage that is wildly different than the marriage I watched. Um, Hopefully they're going to grow up and have be equipped with a lot of the tools 
to participate in a marriage in a healthy way and to know that we all mess up, but that's okay. And here's the tools that we use when we do mess up. And so knowing that healing was by responsibility, you know, a lot of people have said to me like about their own parents, well, they were doing the best they could or about mine, like just assuming they were, they were doing the best they could. And I don't know if that's true and it may or may not be true, but it really doesn't matter if it's true. What the hurt that was done to you was done to you. And that's real and valid. And no matter if it was intentional or not, it's your job now to heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can't do that for you. Even if they're in a place of repentance and sorrow and wanting to heal, nobody can do it for you. And nobody can accept the invitation from God to let your story be redeemed except mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to the woman that is finding themselves in your before mm-hmm. they haven't gotten to your after yet? Yeah. How, how do they navigate that? What's their next right step to take? I think that depends on the level of, um, chaos that you're currently experiencing. So if you're kind of in emergency mode, like every day is just feeling so hard and you're really at your breaking point, it's time to get yourself into a doctor and maybe talk about some medicines that might be needed and to get yourself the proper counselor, because there's a bunch of different types of counselors who specialize in a bunch of different things. But if it's truly trauma that you've experienced, you have to have somebody who's trauma trained. And so I think those two things, getting, having the conversation is medicine appropriate for this. Do I need to create the space in my brain to calm everything down a little bit? And so that I have the space to participate in trauma um, therapy and healing, and then finding the right person to heal with. Um, I think depending on if there's a marriage involved, if there's kids involved, like how, how far down are we, let's get everything calmed down to a state where we can just kind of live day to day and not feel wildly out of control. And then we have enough space to dig into our story. And to really start doing story work and figuring out where did I start believing all of these lies about myself? Where did the shame creep in? Mm -hmm. And what does God say about all these lies that I believe about myself? Um, I think it's first creating enough space for you to be able to do that because trying to do that deep story work and digging into the lies and like, it's not possible if you are living day to day, barely functioning right now. And so I would say stabilizing everything first and then equipping yourselves with, um, somebody who's specifically trained for what you need. I love that you said that because I'm a big believer in that as well. I think that, Um, there's too much stigma around taking medication. Medication puts your brain in the position to do the work. Yeah. Right. Um, And there is a lot of, you know, stigma in general, but in the faith community, and I don't know if you've come up against this, but I certainly have that there is 
stigma around therapy and, and medication and the struggles that come with this. And, and sometimes the message is you just got to pray more. You just got to read your Bible more. You just got to have more faith. Yeah. Um, how would you encourage the woman that has maybe received those messages and is fearful yeah. of, of that and, and feel spiritually burdened on top of everything else? I, the image that always comes to my mind when I think about this is the old story that most people have probably heard about the man on top of his house when there's a flood and he keeps praying, God rescue me. And a boat comes by and he just totally ignores it and keeps praying, God rescue me. And a second boat comes by and he totally ignores it and he just keeps praying. And eventually he drowns and God, he gets to heaven and God's like, I sent you boats. Like, <laughs> why did you not accept the help that I sent you? And to me, that's what medication and trauma therapy is. That is common graces that God has sent us. And sometimes we're too stubborn um, or just misguided because of things we've been taught mm-hmm. to accept the help that he has sent us. Um, there is nothing unbiblical about taking medicine to heal. And if you were diabetic, no one would shame you for taking insulin. Exactly. Yeah. So I think to me, medicine and just medicine in general, not just um, medicine for mental health, but medicine in general is a common grace that God has given us. And there's nothing shameful or wrong about taking it. And just because this is medicine for the brain versus a different part of the body, um, there is nothing wrong with it. And the trauma science now has done such a good job of showing us physical images of what has happened to a brain that has suffered a lot of trauma versus a brain that hasn't. And so, you know, for someone that maybe wants to believe this is all in your head or you're being dramatic, or you just need to toughen up. Like this is physical evidence that that's not true, that I've been wounded physically wounded in a way that my brain no longer functions the same way as yours. And it needs some help to get back to a healthy spot. Yes. Yes. I love that. And it's true. Like the brain develops different in kids that have trauma Um, and the brain changes when it experiences trauma, even as an adult. So it is a a brain issue here. It's not just, um, you know, the brain is an organ like anything else and it can fail to function properly just like anything else. Yeah. I have one last question for you. You are changing the legacy in the downward stream of your life. Mm. But as you shared in the upstream, there's still chaos. Yep. Um, How do you maintain the downstream change Mm -hmm. when the person that is responsible for your trauma is still unhealed? How do you navigate that? Carla, that is such a good question because that, yeah, it's not, I didn't write a book based on, I tied a pretty bow on the situation and like, look at God made everything perfect again. Like that's not my story. And I think that's probably not most people's story. And so to be able to separate the two and say, just because they're not going to participate in healing doesn't mean that I can't. And what it's looked like practically is 
a lot of conversations and a lot of boundaries. We have very limited exposure, um, more limited from my dad than from my mom. Um, but it's, it's limited and we do a ton of talking on the car ride. We ended up, um, resuming contact with my mom and moving her close to my sister and I in Texas, because it was getting a bit hard to manage from far away. So moved her close and we check on her periodically and she's not just mentally unwell, she's physically very, very unwell. And so she does have some very legitimate needs that we feel with boundaries we can participate in. So we just pile the kids in the car and I tell them exactly what to expect. You're going to tell grandma one story about your week and you're going to do one kind thing for her in her house, you know, take out the trash or whatever it may be. And then we're going to give her a hug and remind her that we love her and we're going to go. And we spend the car ride home unpacking all of the really out of pocket, unhelpful things that she said. And, you know, maybe how I could have responded better or, you know, what's an appropriate thing to say to a person that says to you like that. So we just have a lot of conversations about it and, um, are constantly taking the temperature on how healthy is this for our kids to be exposed to and dialing it back when she's ramping up her behavior. That's just not okay. And then when she decides to participate in a little more healthy way, we increase our visitation a little bit, but, um, it's a constant taking the temperature of it and figuring out where we should land. Yeah. Yeah. It's work. It takes work. There's no, there's no easy aspect of healing and maintaining that stability, but staying unwell is work too. It's both hard. So you have to pick your heart. Like what, Mm what hard brings about the best good for your kids. And like you said, it's a ripple effect. It's not just about your kids. It's how it affects further lines downward and outward in the community. So, so legacy changer comes out in February. It's just around the corner. Can people pre-order it now? Yeah, you can pre-order it wherever you buy books. Awesome. Um, I am so glad that you wrote this book. I am so glad that you followed God's prompting to share your story and encourage other women to draw their line in the sand, to heal, to, to change the trajectory of their families. So where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Yeah. Um, just Instagram at Kristen.Hallinan. And my website is kristenhallinan.com. If you go on the front page of my website, I have a quiz. It's called, what is your cycle breaking superpower? And it helps you identify what are some of the needs that you didn't have met as a kid and how can that actually serve you as a superpower now in your healing process? I love that. Yeah. Everyone make sure you go check that out. I will have her um, her website and her handle and all of that good stuff in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and sharing your book. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth. Can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye, friends.